choosing this funky jam for this episode because we're talking about bookkeeping. And bookkeeping is funky for a lot of optometry practices because it's done wrong, because it's done DIY. And today we're going to be talking about how to do it professionally. You can't just bounce around in your pajamas at home and then do the bookkeeping. You got to actually focus and outsourcing it is the best thing you can do. We're talking to Wade Weiss, optometrist turned professional bookkeeper, here to get the profession on the right track to getting the numbers straight in the books. Word from our sponsor here, Opti Express. For $60 a month, you can have online forms that will sync data directly into your EHR, not just a PDF going to the file section, but get the date of birth and medical history and everything back into the exact fields only for $60 a month. You may be using JotForm, Intake Q, or some of the other competition that just produce PDFs. OptiExpress was built to solve the issue of getting the data back in where it belongs and not having to have a receptionist do it all over again. Go into the link in the show notes. They'll tell you how it works and even get you a short demo. As you know, double data entry sucks. Bookkeeping is one of the worst things in the world. And I don't know why anyone would want that job, especially an optometrist or some type of manager within a practice doing it. And I think one of the best things in the world is to outsource that. It's the big O word. And we have... Uh, kind of a weird gentleman here. He's an optometrist hey. turned bookkeeper, and his name's uh, Wade Weiss. So welcome to the bu- podcast, Wade. Oh, thank you, Perry. I definitely resemble that weird comment. So yes, I, I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept that. So not only is he is he weird and does bookkeeping, he's from North Dakota. Uh, he, uh, I, you're probably the only person I know who lives there or did so live talk, there. So talk slow. Talk slow now. Um, and you went to optometry school and had a successful private practice in California and a number of years went by and you decided to really take up a bookkeeping route. How did you decide that bookkeeping is a necessity for optometry and what is your spin on it? I believe that definitely um, bookkeeping is a necessity for optometry. Um, kind of how I got into it was I started cold, like you said, um, did did, did the whole private practice thing and did the books. And this may be a weird thing, but I did the books for fun. It was, it was relaxing to me. It was cathartic. I liked numbers. I liked the technology behind it. I started off with, you know, the old DOS version of Quicken. And I thought I was doing a really good job. And I kind of saw some of the numbers in my own practice. But, you know, as a DIYer and not knowing full accounting procedures, GAAP and stuff like that, I thought I was doing a pretty good job and I thought it was necessary at that time, but I really, really think it's necessary now that I'm considered a professional bookkeeper because we're able to, or I guess I'm able to now put those numbers together for a private practice so that a private practice both knows or or knows where they've been, where they are, and you put those numbers to good use to go to where you want to go. And I always tell my clients, it's not good enough just to get numbers into QuickBooks. It doesn't matter if you get them into QuickBooks. The whole purpose of getting your numbers correct and your books balanced is to use those numbers and extract the data from those numbers to both grow your practice and of course do the 
legal filings with the IRS and the other governments and other entities that you have responsibilities for. So that's why I think it's very necessity for every private practice across the board. So when we when we look at the numbers of practices, the EHRs spit out lots of production reports. And so that's good. You know, we could essentially pull uh, October report, November report, and we could see growth month, month over month, year over year. Is, is that enough to, you know, looking at trends or should we be looking at ABB analyze or edge these like sophisticated dashboards versus bookkeeping? Like we got this trifecta of all these dashboards and I think we kind of, it's a little diluted out there. We don't know what to trust. There's, there's a good way to answer that question. And I think those back, you know, back office or back systems, third-party systems or whatever that come in, take those numbers from an EHR and analyze the heck out of them and produce really, really pretty reports is kind of only half the story because there is a disparate um, unmatch between QuickBooks and the EHR. The EHR is really, really good for, of course, scheduling and doing exams and stuff like that. From a book, But from a bookkeeping point of view, it's mostly revenue. It's mostly income and it's mostly accounts receivable. And then it's got some asset value over there with inventory and things like that. Okay. Unfortunately, there's not a good integration between QuickBooks and the EHRs that are out there. There, there literally is that I know of any API that connects QuickBooks online to say your Crystal PM or your iCloud Pro or your iFinity or whatever. So it's kind of like you have uh, AR and revenue over here and you have QuickBooks, which you do your payroll and you pay your rent and you go to Costco and you buy supplies and things like that. Well, one of the nice things that I'm able to do now for, for, for your, your influence, of course, is I'm able to bring in some of those production numbers. Now it is manual, but we can get a breakout at the end of the month of those production numbers, apply them to all the other accounting data that goes into a practice that's already in QuickBooks. And now with one report, yes, we have a full gestalt look of everything that's involved with the practice over in QuickBooks. It's manual, but it's possible. Yeah, I agree with that. I always like to know, like, where's in broad categories, where's the revenue coming from in terms of lenses, frames, maybe medical services? Maybe we want to get a little more detailed pie chart that this is the dry eye services in- included in there. And that's really easy to pull from a production report because it's basically CPT codes. Right. You know, you break those CPT codes out, you get the production report. You, you import those into QuickBooks and boom, 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 boom. You've got a very, very top level type of, you know, overall income or revenue account. And then right down the list, you know exactly, you know, what you did per each CPT code. And then, of course, QuickBooks, you can, you can do some amazing, like literally amazing type of reports and comparisons with, with, past, uh, with the past and stuff like that. So, once you get everything in there correctly, you can really do some really, really nice analysis uh, from the report section of QuickBooks. Okay. So I, I first want to define, you know, we have CPAs who are accountants who are trained in taxes. Uh, I see a lot of CPAs out there offering now bookkeeping services and in addition to their core services. Um, is there a benefit to hiring a bookkeeper not attached to a CPA firm? 
or not really? Um, well, I think so, of course, <laughs> um, because I'm not attached to a CPA firm. There's a difference between CPA firms and what I do. Um, CPAs do a fantastic, like I'll never knock on them for, for, for doing the services they've done for optometry since forever. But what they're doing is they're getting some numbers that they really have to digest. They have to try and get into the mind of the optometrist or the uh, front desk person or the um, practice manager who does all the bookkeeping for them. And they really kind of have to create from a top level what, what, what the doctor was thinking and what was actually going on. Now, their bookkeeping services, um, you know, I don't have a whole lot of experience with them, so I can't really say hey, this is good or this is bad or whatever. I just know that from my point of view, with my background, with my experience, my bookkeeping company has really developed into a lot more than a bookkeeping service. And I think that kind of sets me above maybe um, the bookkeeping division or department or whatever of a, of a CPA firm. And maybe this answers your question in that I do bring that history with me. And now that I'm getting starting to get a little bit more recognition. I'm making networking connections. Uh, Vision Expo West last, you know, last month was, uh, excuse the pun here, but very eye-opening and a lot of networking took, took place in that I can help their business, they can help my business, but who, end up, who ultimately you know, benefits from these types of relationships is my clients because I make introduction and you know, everybody kind of walks away happy, but the client, the practice, and most importantly, the patient really ends up benefiting from the types of things that I'm finding that I can bring to, to, to my clients. Wade, um, you know, a lot of practices, we deal with hundreds of vendors um, throughout the month. And sometimes it's as much as buying a $4.99 bottle of drops that we need for a patient. And sometimes it's a $5,000 lab bill, for instance. And it seems like the tracking of a lot of these things is unorganized? Like, do we keep the receipts? Do we put them in a folder? Do we need to give that stuff to our bookkeeper? What does the process look like for good uh, bookkeeping? And especially, you know, we're always scared of the IRS coming in and auditing us. Well, I think that's a, that's a good question. I recently had a kind of a Halloween spirited post over on ODs on finance about keeping receipts and some of the horrors that if you get the wrong auditor, I mean, God forbid you even get audited, but to get the wrong auditor. It was a little bit of an exaggeration, but here's kind of how I work with my clients in dealing with them, you know, sometimes the minutia and, and, and not saying that a bill or a receipt is minutia, but when it's in the overall process, some, sometimes too much detail is a waste of time and stuff like that. So most of my clients will, will kind of take care of the receipts on their end for vendors. And um, at the end of the month, they'll get a statement and they'll kind of, you know, visually go over things and make sure everything's cool and stuff like that. And then, you know, they'll pay the bill or I do bill pay services for some of my clients. But the thing that that, that I like to do is we, we, we take, take particular uh, interest in end of the month statements from liability accounts and bank accounts. So if you have a checking account, a savings account, a money market account, we want to see that because those are top line, mostly revenue and expense accounts. But then you have your, your liability accounts like credit cards, short-term, long-term debt. If you financed anything and financing is, of course, different than, than leases, and that's a little bit different. But we try and keep the asset liabilities and equity accounts reconciled. And then when you go to expenses, 
that's the individual invoices. And one thing that you said was you, you brought up a number about like a $5,000 lab bill or whatever. One of the biggest mistakes that I'm finding in op optometry offices is they don't know when to expense something or classify it as a fixed asset or a liability. And I kind of alluded to the liabilities of, you know, leases and, and loans. But assets is like a really big thing right now where I think there's a lot of confusion in that if they buy a $1,000 laptop, well, is that an asset? Do I depreciate it? What is my CPA going to do about it? Or if we buy $4,000 worth of, of, of equipment, now what do I do with that? And just a quick note on that, and this is kind of a general rule of thumb here. I use kind of a $2,500 um, um, bar, and if an asset is, is, is purchased over $2,500, then we kind of put it to an asset account, and then we depreciate that with the CPA's help at the end of the year. If it's under $2,500, it goes to immediate expense account, and we can take that right away. So that's, I hope that answers your question. Answers yeah. Your question. yeah, that does answer it. So, And you're right. There is, there is too much detail on a lot of these invoices, you can have 20 light items on one invoice. And so it financially doesn't make sense, make, make sense analyzing all that. Let me, let me just say a thing about efficiency and kind of what is a waste of time and what is not a waste of time. A lot of, a lot of optometrists will, will do their own books. They'll have an office manager or a staff member or you know, their spouse or a relative do it or whatever. Well, that takes a lot of time on their part. So one of the one of the good things about hiring or outsourcing your bookkeeping, whether it's me or anybody else, is that bookkeepers do this for a living. It's like it's like doing refractions for optometrists in that if you do 20, 30 a day for 20 years, you're going to get through them real quick. Well, that's kind of where we are in that we do things that take us maybe 10 or 15 minutes where it might take the weekend DIYer, you know, two, three hours. And I think the level of accuracy is much, much better when you have certification, when you have training, and especially when you're doing somebody else's books, it's kind of weird. It's not weird. It makes sense. But when, when I do somebody else's books and I'm looking at their dollars and their money, I take just as much or more care in, in, in attending their books than I ever did as an optometrist. I get more nervous right now if, if I don't reconcile than if I got to, I forgot to chart something, you know, when I was when I was chair side spinning grinning. I know? feel the same. I feel the same way. We you know when I'm producing marketing materials for my clients, whether it's social media, ebooks, or whatever. Like when it's my social post, I have a typo. I don't care. But when it's theirs, I'm like, no, I'm going to triple read this. It, it it really is. The things that keep me up at night now are totally different than the things I I, I that kept kept me up as an optometrist. And boy, um, it, it might be a little bit of OCD here and we, and I think that made me a good optometrist, but it actually makes me even a better bookkeeper. The amount of detail that we have to, to, to um, you know, process and stuff like that is astronomical. And with every client, there's just more. So what about inventory? Um, inventory is not only frames today. That's our main inventory cost. But then we have like LipaFlow activators. You could have, shoot, five grand in LipaFlow activators. You have amniotic membranes that could cost $1,000 each, uh, Procaras. And so are those things that we need to be keeping track of and removing and increasing as they come in? Or how do we handle those type of things? That's, that's all over in your EHR software. That's, that's inventory. It's extremely difficult to keep track of your inventory, as most optometrists know. 
in your EHR software, let alone now bring that inventory into QuickBooks. You're yeah. just adding another label. Right. It's, it's literally impossible. I mean, I don't know how big companies like Walmart do it with their inventory, but every optometrist office that I've ever seen, their inventory is off. So try and keep track of it as best you can over in your EHR. What we do as far as a bookkeeper is there's no way that we can track it. So we'll do it periodically, periodic inventory, depending on the doctor's office, monthly, quarterly, yearly, if ever, that's what we do. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. You can definitely say, Hey, I have uh, 30 boxes of, you know, active view Oasis one day in stock. And you're really relying on your front desk to make sure that they took it out of inventory when that invoice was created. So I think the periodic is the only way. Um, inventory is a nightmare. Yeah, totally. Let's say bookkeeping is done in-house currently. What are ways of auditing to make sure that theft isn't occurring or someone's cooking the books inside of practice? That's a really good question. And it is a little bit of a sticking point. I have a client who likes to actively put the deposits into QuickBooks before they hit the account. Um, meaning you take daily numbers from your EHR and you put them over into QuickBooks as expected deposits or actual deposits. Now that's pretty darn good when it comes to um, cash and checks and credit card kind of data. But the problem is, is that we get so many EFTs um, from, from billing services and billing services will actually make the deposit before they record it over into EHR and that's impossible. So you did hit on a sticking point and it's something that I'm working with. I think I'm, I'm, I'm kind of halfway there. I don't know how other bookkeepers are or other account offices do it, but I think we, we got a pretty good system. Most of it has to be taken care of over in the EHR in the accounts receivable though. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And that is a pain in the butt. Um, how the money can, the timing of the money in the bank account versus when you get these explanation of payments, everything is just off. Um, so speaking of physical checks and this pisses me off so much, uh, this is a big sticking point for me. I see a lot of paper checks coming into practices still, and it can be really hard to get ACHs or EFTs from a zillion different insurance companies. Cause there's a lot of tiny, even local insurance companies that you got to deal with. And it's a pain in the butt. You got to request the ACH authorization form. You got to maybe confirm the, the four cents they put in there twice. You know, it's a pain in the butt. How important is it to remove paper checks from the practice and make sure it's all digital currency? Well, I, I think I can answer this, not as so much as a bookkeeper, but as a practice you know, owner for, for all those years. And anybody could probably, probably answer this, but I trust a bank to bank connection probably over a physical check being delivered from the U.S. mail into the office, being processed and being hand walked down to the Bank of America to get um, to get deposited. So one of the nice things about ACH is that I know it's a problem to set it up. But I always tell people, you know, software is software and an ACH, you know, connection or whatever is kind of that software setup type of thing where if you spend one hour up front setting software up correctly, you're going to literally save yourself a thousand or 10,000 hours on the back end as a result of that one hour. 
So, and that goes for EHR. That really goes for EHR software too. But I, I think it's very important because I just trust that bank to bank connection. And here's the cool part is once that bank to bank connection is made, it will be to the penny automatically ACH deposited into your account and it'll come through the bank feed into QuickBooks and easily, easily identified uh, and it's identifiable and categorizationable, if that's a word, right there in, in, in the bank feed and it gets recorded real, real nicely. So you're saying if, if it's an IMED payment or Blue Cross, um, the software will say, hey, this is an IMED payment, let's put it in managed vision care category bucket or whatever. Beautiful. That's exactly yeah. what it does. And that's, that's where it comes. That's where you need a little bit of knowledge about QuickBooks and how to set up rules. I got one account, probably 50, 60 transactions a day, very large business, tons and tons and tons of those EFTs coming through. Boom, 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 boom. 55 out of the 56 transactions are already ruled up. I just verify them and they all get accepted. If you don't know how to do that, it takes a lot, 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 lot more time and it's less accurate. How often should a optometry practice communicate with a bookkeeper? Should we have, you know, hey, just a, a monthly, <laughs> monthly touch in, here's your numbers. Should we talk every six months? What, what does that cadence look like? I, I always tell my clients and my potential clients, you can be as participative as you want. I think at a minimum, to answer your question, is one month at a minimum. I would definitely prefer uh, less than two weeks. I use secure communicative instant messenger processes where if you got a question, ping me. If I have a question, I'll ping you. And it's really, really convenient. And for, for one-off quick quick type of things, I'm, I'm sometimes communicating with my clients four, five, 10 times a day. After the first couple of months is the most difficult where we both have most the most questions and that decreases over time. Yep. And it's kind of one of those things where no news is good news. We're running more efficient at that point. Yeah. Now, when we're looking at bookkeeper fees, I'm sure there, there's a broad range of hourly fees that one would charge. Just like with a lawyer, you could have a $200 an hour lawyer. You could have a 500 And <laughs> maybe it's a specialty. They're like in a niche inside of a niche. They're IP uh, attorney in the medical field of, you know, I don't know, bariatric surgery. And they're right. that, that person's very skilled. I'm, a, I'm sure. Right. What, what is the typical range? And should we be worried if someone's too expensive or maybe too low? Boy, that is a real open-ended question because bookkeeping, unfortunately, is all over the board when it comes to, to pricing. I mean, you can go and hire a bookkeeper over on Craigslist or Upwork or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 15 bucks an hour. I mean, $15 an hour. Hard to beat. And maybe, well, I think I could beat it. No, <laughs> I can't beat 15 bucks an hour, but trust me, I'm going to give you a lot more value for what I charge. And I'll get to that in a second. But boy, oh boy, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of get what you pay for. And how I've structured my fees is I kind of base it on the gross of the practice. Because I have definitely found a correlation to the size of the practice and the amount of work that needs to be done. And it's kind of a language that optometrists can speak. They have no idea, you know, if, if they go for a quote, they're going to get, you know, $50 an hour. Okay. But how much work is that? How many accounts do you have? How many transactions do you do a month? 
optometrists aren't going to know that. I didn't even know that. And I was doing my own books for 25 years. But you, you ask an optometrist how much they did last year, like their, their, their child's first name, they can rattle that off, right? Yeah. yeah. That's kind one of point one three million. Yeah. You know, it, it's like they, it's, they want to tell you, you know? Yeah. But anyway, so I try and speak the language that optometrists speak because I spoke that language for so long. So you get what you pay for. That, that makes sense. Budget. That makes Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's, it's a fair bidding system. All right. We talked about fees. Now I want to know if, uh, wait, if I pay you, I'm just going to throw a random number out here. Let's say you, you got a uh, three location practice. You're, you're crushing it um, 10 years till retirement. But I, I know my books are kind of it's a little wonky and I'm, I'm the CEO of the company or the CFO. And let's say you're going to charge me thousand bucks a month or 2000, whatever your fee is per month. Can you make me more money than I pay you? And, and how do you justify that as a bookkeeper? Uh, that's my wheelhouse right there. Okay. I do. I think there's a few things. I want my, I want my private island, you know, I'm 10 years away and it's all on you way to make it happen. That's right. That's right. And hopefully you're waiting for the G7s to come out because the G6 is our path A, right? But anyway, yeah. that's a good, that's a good, that's a very good question because I think the perception in, in the world of optometry is that bookkeeping is, is an expense. And we're all very, very close to the vest and we want to protect what we have. We don't want to spend money on something that we see as useless or not an investment or something that doesn't go directly to patient revenue growth. But I'm telling you, there's a couple of things out there that are both I highly recommend to outsource and that are not expensive. And I'm going to give you three examples. And especially when you're, when you're a larger practice with three, lo three uh, locations, I think that your HR should be outsourced. Okay. I think that's where you can manage your office best at the cheapest prices and and a lot less headache. I say I say bring in an HR outsourced uh, an outsourced HR company because once you start getting bigger and you have 20, 30, 50 employees especially, boy, it gets complicated. It Payroll gets, and all that stuff. Yeah. It gets so it gets so complicated that these bigger companies are better equipped to deal with the complications. Okay, so that's the first one. Obviously, I'm an outsourcing bookkeeping company. I think you can do it a lot cheaper, a lot faster, and a lot more accurate if you outsource your books. But even before me, Perry, even before me, I think you should outsource your billing. Don't, don't have it in-house. Let Get a good billing service. Get into the accounts receivable. Let them do their magic with their computer connections and stuff like that. I think that's first and foremost. Yeah, I'm, I'm huge on that. You've got to outsource your billing. Once yeah. you reach it, when you have to, for you to put, be entering your own insurance payments in there and the end of the month, running those reports, sending out the bills, trying to collect. I mean, geez, that is literally a full-time job. And why would you, yeah. Why would you pay an employee that when you could have a whole team of four people managing your account? Exactly. And those four people have people above them and they have additional resources and they get a lot more continuing education and stuff like that wholeheartedly, even, even before bookkeeping, I say, get what is due you. And that is sitting there possibly neglectfully uncollected yeah. over in your accounts receivable. So back to your question though, about bookkeeping, bookkeeping, I don't believe is an expense. 
because of the value that you can do after the fact when your books are clean. Because you've got to know, just like in life, you've got to know where you came from. You've got to know where you are. And if you really want to treat your business, your practice as a business, you need those numbers going forward. You need to know where to cut expenses. You need to know what purchases are going to give you proper ROIs. You need to know your liabilities. You need to plan six months, one year, five years, 10 years out. And without proper bookkeeping, when your QuickBooks balance is literally sometimes, I've seen it, a million dollars different than the actual real world account balances that you have, I just don't see how you're going to do it otherwise. Bookkeep, HR, bookkeeping, and billing services are not expenses. Yeah. And I would they say if you're, investments. if you're looking for those services, um, we have podcasts all about that. Feel free to uh, email me or email Wade, like we have resources, industry ones and non-industry unconventional resources to help you with those things. You don't need a, you don't need a supper. You don't need to wake up at 8 PM wor- uh, worrying shit. I got to do payroll and this is going to take me four hours. Like there's automation for this. Yeah. Now, now payroll and stuff like that. I can do it. Um, I offer I payroll services. Okay. Many of my clients actually, actually do do it in their office. Because that's one of the tricky things where payroll gets really, really difficult too. And as you build more and more employees, more little circumstances show up and more headaches that are sometimes better addressed on site than outsourcing your payroll. So I, it's, that's definitely not something I really, really push. In certain circumstances, yes. In certain circumstances, no. So I just wanted to say a, a, a blip, a, a bit. <laughs> I'm sorry, on payroll. Okay. When should someone hire a bookkeeper, um, a, a new doctor, you know, who's in the first one to three years of business, you know, is it $300,000 in production? Is it 500 or is it day one? Like, you know, you know who my best clients have the nicest books when they contacted me before they opened. Yeah, sure. literally from day one, I promise you from day one, Perry, the books will be incorrect. If you don't have a professional bookkeeper in there, yeah, welcome. One, entrepreneur media, welcome to the club. If you don't know it, entrepreneur media is revenue producing. We don't do this for free, and I wish I had hired someone from day one, and I didn't. Right? It's just any business, literally any business, because as soon as you get into QuickBooks and QuickBooks and Intuit are a little bit evil because they they promote their software that it's a kind of a set it and forget it and you sit there. With yeah. your feet up, drinking a cup of coffee, and QuickBooks does all the work. Farthest, farthest, farthest thing from the truth. They Total literally life. have in, pro- in place processes to screw up your bookkeeping. Hand to God, they nice. literally. I, oh, it's, I, I, I guarantee, I guarantee it. You know, and it is horrible. And I, I'm finding all these little quirks in my bookkeeping, and I have professionals that help me. It's like, okay, I'm selling some items on e-commerce. And then I'm like, crap, I need to record these purchases in e-commerce. So now I'm linking WooCommerce to QuickBooks. And that is not easy. It's hard enough just to reconcile a credit card or a a checking account statement with QuickBooks. And now you're going to do all that other stuff. Man, and and a lot of optometrists will sell online, right? So that we got to account for that in some places too. Man, I tell you, you can DIY it. You can DIY it. But man, I highly, highly, highly recommend against doing that. For yeah, you know, I consider it like uh, my dad has never mowed his lawn 
at, at his current house that he's lived for a, a long time since I was born. And why doesn't he mow his lawn? Well, one, it's a massive yard. Number two, why would he when he could pay a, literally a crew of four guys or gals to mow it in 20 minutes? And yes, there is a sense of pride. And I actually like mowing the lawn. It's therapeutic for me. But man, is, I feel like my time is worth so much more. You can look at it in so many different ways. How much do you value those little moments of pride versus, hey, I'm an optometrist and I'm billing my service as that 150, 200, 250 bucks an hour. But here I am wasting my time four hours a weekend on the books when I can pay somebody 30, 50, 80 bucks an hour or whatever to do it. And it's going to get done correct and it's going to get done a lot more you know, quickly and more accurately. So yeah, I agree 100% on that with you on that. Yeah. And I'll kind of leave it at this. You don't know what you don't know about most things in life that are very technical. And so uh, leave it up to the professionals. Forget about the money. Just spend the money. It's, it's, you're not going to miss it. And you're just going to be happier in the long run uh, getting time back in life. And if anything, I think the pandemic showed getting time back in life is really nice. Boy, boy, you said it all. And what, and, and what you said about you don't know what you don't know. I really think that generally in the optometric community, um, they, they don't know what bookkeepers do and what value that we bring them besides just being in there and reconciling accounts. It's yeah. so, so, so it's yeah. complete it's, financial and data analysis yeah. is basically what it is. It's I, not just Quicken or QuickBooks. Yeah. And I know for some people they're like, God dang it, Wayne, I just need my p at the end of the year so I can get to my CPA and that's all I want. But, and that's fine, but there's a process to getting to that point yeah. that is confusing and time-consuming, and in your case, tedious and mundane and just flat-out boring. So, yes. So, uh, <laughs> Four Eyes Bookkeeping, um, who do you work with? How do you get set up? And how, do, how does someone get started? Uh, basically, just pop on over to my website. Usually, the process is um, do a a video uh, chat discovery call with me. I get to know you, they get to know me. Um, we talk about the business pain points. Um, I, I kind of value myself and consider myself kind of an A to Z company as far as whatever they need, I can provide. Um, but that's the best way is head over there, make make an appointment. We'll go through pricing, we'll, pro, we'll go through everything. Usually there's a cleanup that we have to do and then ongoing processes is basically our forte. Sounds good. Well, you're hearing from uh, Wade Weiss. He is uh, an optometrist turned bookkeeper located in, where are you in California? Oh, I'm, I'm two hours north in kind of the Central Valley. It's not the most highly regarded place of, of California, but I'm in Bakersfield, California. Okay. Bakersfield. So come visit the, the Four Eyes Bookkeeping Headquarters. Actually, I'm joking. <laughs> Which no, don't come here. There's nothing to see. But <laughs> it may be moving pretty soon. So, I, I'm I'm tired of getting up at 4 a.m. and uh, taking taking calls from my East Coast clients at 4 a.m. So, oh, that's I think literally going to physically move pretty soon. How's Maine? How's Maine this time of year? Uh, Ver Vermont, but man, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm looking out at red leaves and yellow beautifulness on a river. So I I love it here. That's awesome because I'm looking out at mostly brown desert, dusty rocks and stuff like that. So hashtag jelly on that one. Ah, we're all jelly in some regards. Well, anyways, yep. if you want to get in touch with Four Eyes Bookkeeping, I'll put the link to his website um, in the show notes. 
And why don't you call out your email here as a second point of contact? Um, basically, I have two emails. You can either get a hold of me at um, wade at foureyesbookkeeping.com. You want to spell that for us? Uh, basically, W-A-D-E at foureyesbookkeeping, which is all one word. And you can see it right here. There we go. F-F-O-R-E-Y-E-S. Yeah, I know it's the oldest pun in the opti optical world, but eh, seems to be memorable for people and people like, I like it, I like it. But anyway, and then uh, my wife, who is my chief administrator right now, her name is Sylvia, and it's just her first name, Sylvia, at foureyesbookkeeping.com. That's Y-L-V-I-A. Well, I, I love the service. It's unique. It's novel. And I'm glad uh, this exists. There's a lot of mundane services out there that we all have to, to get. And just please just check it off your list, guys. Just get it done. Make a decision. If you're listening to this now, it's November, early November. Uh, by December 1st, you know, get signed up. Choose somebody. Get, get somebody. I think those are very wise words. Yeah. Not your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks so much, right. Wayne. You you bet. This was a lot of fun. Thanks thanks for having me today.